Welcome, 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 friends, family, people that I've yet to meet. How's it going? Welcome to the Sneaky Emu, episode number something. Uh, we're going to call this one <clears throat> like swatting a fly. <laughs> like swatting a fly. Um, this is the Sneaky Emu, where we are, where I am trying to adjust the microphone. Um, let's see, there we go. Where are we? The Sneaky Emu, where we want to discover the wonders of the world, the beauty of God that are ever before us, that sometimes we occasionally overlook or fail to see. Mother, thank you for being a devoted and devout listener. I feel like this is really, really loud. Okay, maybe that's a little better. So I was sitting on my front porch the other day, and as it turns out, there was a fly. This is not new. This is not uncommon. We all deal with flies in our life. We all have things um, that pester us from time to time. But I was sitting on the front porch in a moment of just kind of some calm and watching my kids play and what have you. And there was a particular fly that kept buzzing around and bothering me. And I was slightly annoyed at it. And what I noticed was every time it land landed, I would attempt to smack it. And every time I attempted to smack it, it wouldn't, um, I wouldn't hit it. And, it. and inevitably, I would just end up smacking myself. And after like the eighth or 15th time of doing this, I kind of <laughs> had a thought like, what am I doing? Why do, why do I keep smacking myself? Uh, it's like when you're growing up as kids and you play the game, stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself. Like it's a whole thing. Anyways, um, I, it just kind of like occurred to me as, as a, as a bit of a, a bit of a joke, a bit of a silly thought. Like <laughs> I'm sitting here as a human being, as a man on my front porch and from a distance, all you can see is me swatting my face or my arm, or my leg, or whatever. <laughs> like, like he's this guy's got an issue. This guy has some sort of thing going on with him. Uh, and what I uh, like, I began to ponder this whole thing. Right, this is like the smallest, silliest thing. Maybe, maybe that's why this is good for this podcast. The things that are in front of us that we fail to see, sometimes uh, overlook, is that I am. By swatting at the fly, by swatting at the thing that I was um, that was pestering me or ignoring me, what happened was I didn't hit the fly, and in fact I incurred more injury to myself, if you would, than I ever did <clears throat> impacting the fly. So the silly little thing flying around me that was just for whatever reason bothering me, annoying me, I would swat at it, I would miss. I would smack myself and in, inflict more injury upon myself than I would the, the fly. Yeah. So this is the premise for the whole conversation. <laughs> this is the premise. So the past several weeks, um, I've been, I feel like I've been <clears throat> swimming in some really deep waters when it comes to this idea of the death of self. Now, I am currently doing a sermon series on this whole thing that I've called Life After Death, and it's not about eternity or the afterlife. 
It's the life that we find after the death of self. And and so because of my studies in that and because of some extra reading and stuff and just kind of life in general, man, I feel like I've been in like the deep end and almost kind of like it's too much, but but in a in a fantastic sort of way. I feel like I've, I'm drowning in the deep end of uh, of of consciousness and trying to sort through what does that mean and how do I respond to things, but but in the best in the best sort of ways. I'm, I feel like I'm learning. I feel like I'm growing. I feel like there's going to be a lot of good that comes out of this on the other side. But currently, as it stands, I just keep I just keep feeling a bit overwhelmed with everything. Again in a great way though. So I, I've been sorting through and thinking and, and trying to write these various sermons, but then also having all these other thoughts and ideas uh, about what does this mean? How do I live this way? I keep coming across situations either in my life or that I see in the lives of others that I just think, oh, you know, that that whole thing could have been avoided or could have gone differently if the ego or the self would have been put away or died to, or if the ego or the self would have stepped aside. Um, So that brings us back to the fly. The fly, we all have these things that pester us. We all have these things that cause annoyances, that frustrate, that get under our skin or land on our skin. And then we, through our ego and the self, are attempting to um, respond to that Test that annoyance, that difficult, frustrating thing in a way that will bring some relief to us. But what typically ends up happening is that when we respond through from the ego or the self, it ends up um, inevitably uh, affecting us in a negative way. It ends up causing more pain, you know, like smacking yourself repeatedly <laughs> while you're swatting a fly. <laughs> By the way, I, I started looking up some um, some things on flies. Flies are gross little creatures. Do you know this? I'm, I'm, most people know this, but um, flies are gross little creatures. Here's four disgusting facts about flies that you may not know. Uh, one, flies spread disease. Uh, due to their biological their biology and behavior, flies can spread a range of serious diseases such as salmonella and E. coli. This is, by and large, due to their feeding and breeding habits. Yeah, it's gross. Um, This is especially problematic when running a business that provides food for human consumption, making the possibility of infecting customers that much higher. That's gross. Uh, Disgusting fact number two, the the terrifying breeding cycle of flies. (laughs) Common house flies only live for around 30 days. That fact would be comforting if not for the additional fact that they can lay up to 500 eggs in that short period of time. That's that's pretty busy. 500 eggs over the course of 30 days. Uh, they, they do so usually in batches of around 75 to 150 eggs. Couple that with the fact that flies lay their eggs in their food source and add to that the fact that warm weather speeds up this breeding cycle and you've got a terrifying cocktail of hazards for a commercial kitchen. So this article is obviously written by a um, some sort of uh, service industry uh, type person. Number three, flies vomit on food. My kids and I were just having this discussion because um, my son was making the case that uh, flies uh, poop every time they land because he thought it was funny. 
and then also kind of gross because because we live on a farm we are prone and subject to flies maybe more than a city dwelling person so uh, flies vomit on food gross but true this is because flies don't have teeth to bite and chew food like we do and therefore live on a liquid diet what uh when they do uh, when they do they target our food why what why why then do they target our food okay there you go it was a question well this is because flies have the ability to turn solid food matter into liquid they do this by quote-unquote vomiting a mix of uh, saliva and stomach acids that have digestive proteins with the ability to break down food into liquid before it enters their mouths right so gross so they don't have teeth they don't chew food so they vomit <laughs> this saliva uh stomach acid that digests the food so that it liquefies so that they can slurp it back into themselves. Gross. Number four, flies defecate a lot. Did you know that flies defecate almost every time they land? So my son was right. I was saying they threw up every time. Uh, he was saying they pooped every time. We're both kind of right. In their eyes, the world is just one big bathroom to explore. This Park and poop behavior stems from their liquid-only diet, and therefore food moves swiftly through their digestive system, uh, which is gross. Yeah, so four disgusting facts. They spread disease. Their their breeding cycle is insane. They vomit on everything every, uh, they eat, and then they poop all over the place. Yeah, but it's fine. Just let them uh, just let them swarm all over your hot dogs at the summer barbecue. Sounds like a great idea. <laughs> Now, the interesting thing is, I mean, they do they do have a purpose, right? They have some sort of larger purpose. Uh, this is not even part of our talk, but everything has a role and a purpose. They help to break down uh, waste. They help to, they're part of the, like, uh, recycling process in the world, if you would. Anyways, that's not even the point. <laughs> the point is, this is why I think we... Uh, want to kill and swat all the flies around us. This is why we don't want flies on the food because we know they're gross little little boogers. So what do we do when the fly lands on us? We want to smack it. We want to kill it. We want to destroy it. But in doing so, what we end up doing is inflicting some sort of even you know it's not a lot of it's not it's not pain in the extreme sense, but you do keep smacking yourself like an idiot to kill a fly. Now, as we as we take this and, and maybe try to apply it to some sort of larger life application, obviously, or else this is a nature channel. Um, when you think about uh, the, like the big picture of your life, a fly isn't really that big of a deal, is it? It's just It's just a nuisance. It's just this annoying little thing. And I'm sitting on my porch trying to have a great afternoon, just hanging out, whatever, enjoying the evening. And this little annoyance just keeps pestering me. And if I'm not careful, that little thing that's pestering me can become the primary uh, focus of that moment. Now, I think when it comes to uh, life, how we live, I think we all have like kind of medical, medical, medical flies. We have medical flies. We have metaphorical flies. We have all these things that come in and out of our lives that 
really on the big scheme of things, maybe aren't that big a deal, but can be quite annoying. Um, it's kind of like, it's like dealing with people, isn't it? We all have people in our lives that uh, may be a bit frustrating, that may seem a bit annoying, that may seem, uh, we, may, we may have uh, bigger horse flies <laughs> that bite and stake a little bit harder. Uh, people that are toxic in our lives, people that um, are continually showing up and taking, people that are continually uh, negative, people that are continually uh, causing us a good bit of like annoyance in in the in the in like the grand scheme of things. And so, as as I've been uh, swimming in this vastness of the thoughts and ideas of dying to the self, um, I keep coming across like interesting thoughts and ideas, helpful thoughts and ideas. And I thought, well, maybe if you find yourself uh, surrounded by or or you have a, a particular fly type of person in your life that keeps showing up, um, maybe rather, like, if you're not careful, by attempting to deal with the fly, you will end up causing more pain to yourself. And so... What do we do? <laughs> How do we handle these situations a bit differently? You know, this idea of um, of like handling a, a fool is is always kind of interesting interesting to me, and it keeps keeps kind of coming up in in several things. and And I'm sure I, I've I've touched on these here and there, but I just thought this was worth it. You know, like in in the Proverbs uh, Proverbs chapter twenty six, verse four says, don't answer a fool according to his folly, or you will be just like him or her. Don't answer a fool according to his folly. It's really easy uh, when somebody is being ridiculous to join into their to join in with their ridiculousness. Uh, there was a there, there's all kinds of quotes and like Mark Twain says, never argue with stupid people. They will drag you down to their level and then beat you with experience. <laughs> which is so great as well. Never argue with stupid people. They will drag you down to their level and then beat you with experience. Uh, there's a quote uh, from Jay-Z, but I think he's actually like rephrasing Mark Twain. He said, uh, it's in, I guess, one of his songs. I don't know. He says, a wise man told me, don't argue with fools because people from a distance can't tell who is who. Oh, that's a good one. Right. Don't argue with fools, uh, because people f uh, from a distance can't tell who is who. There was another um, one that I came across. In uh, I've been reading a, a just various books and, and podcasts and stuff, but one of them and I don't remember the exact thing, but it had to do with this idea of wisdom, um, and and kind of this idea of the dying to the self, and it, and it said something. It was some teacher. It said something to the effect of like a wise person never argues. A wise person never argues because you understand that we're all coming. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, and expanding. Uh, we're all coming at we're all coming at everything from a completely different perspective, point of view, a different worldview. We've all grown up with uh, different personalities. We've all grown up in different settings and situations. And then when we observe a particular issue a particular annoyance, when we find somebody that has a difference of opinion, when we come across an annoying little fly, um, there, there's no sense in arguing because you're not going to see eye to eye. And so when you step into the place of wisdom, 
uh, it allows you to, uh, it's, it, 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 when you come to a place of wisdom, it can only be found through the dying of the self. And what the dying of the self leads and the wisdom leads to is understanding that sometimes it's like, it's okay to let, to let it go. Right. The only thing that, that keeps us in arguments and disagreements, uh, really has to do with the self and the ego, because I feel like I have to defend my perspective. I have to defend my point of view. I have to defend how I'm right because what I'm doing is, is I'm essentially protecting like my identity. I'm protecting the sense of self. And if I can learn to die to that sense of self and die to that identity, it actually allows me to step into a place of wisdom where I go, oh, I see that we are not going to see things the same way. Right? I come across this a whole lot, uh, especially in the world of like church and when it comes to things like scripture, because people have a lot of different opinions about scripture right? And, and how church should go and how things should be taught and how things should be read. And what I've realized is that like people have been doing this for a really long time. People have been studying and, and uh, memorizing and trying to interpret and translate and apply the scriptures for a really long time. I mean, even just going back to, you know, the life of Jesus, we're in the year 2022. If, if you back that timeline up to, you know, uh, like when even, even the death of Jesus, uh, they put around like 33 AD or uh, was it CE? Uh common era, um, even if you back up to the death of Jesus, we're still like, we're like around 2000 years, like away from this. So at least going back to the death of Jesus, when stuff like the new Testament and stuff would have been written after you have at least 2000 years of, of, uh, multiple languages and millions and millions and millions of people who have been trying to translate this scripture uh, from this handful of guys who wrote this book, recounting and retelling the life and the stories of Jesus. And so when we are raised 2,000 years later in in a Western culture, which, by the way, the, the Bible and Jesus were Eastern thinkers. It was written through an Eastern mindset. We have a completely different understanding and approach to the world. And then we take our completely different understanding and approach to the world, and we're 2,000 years removed from those situations and how people operated, and then we apply our Western mindset to it. It's possible that we come out with like a lot of different ways to understand things. And so in the church world, I, inevitably, I will say something or come up with an idea you know, or steal an idea and pass it on or something, and then there will be some sort of pushback. Now, the place that we're at currently it's, the pushback has not been all bad. A lot of the pushback is really just like, oh, I need to think about that. Or, oh, is, is there a different way to think about it? Like, it's actually been really great and, and super helpful because uh, some of the back and forth can actually be beneficial, right? Disagreement doesn't mean that uh, there can be healthy disagreement, right? All disagreement doesn't have to be this like lack of wisdom or or foolishness. There can be healthy disagreements in which you, which helps you to process and think through things. That's fine. Um, same thing with obviously things outside of the Bible. You can have healthy uh, discussions uh, as long as the ego is in check 
and you're not trying to prove or defend something, you can wrestle in in a positive and healthy way that helps everybody move forward. So in the church world, I see this a good bit. And sometimes what I've realized is that um, because of the the work and education that I've I've done and, and because of the studies that I've done, like there are certain times and certain things that when people ask me questions or go, what about this? I can see clearly through what their question is to understand that even if they are pushing back, um, it's, it's, uh, it's almost, it's like out of, it's out of a bit of ignorance. And I don't say this in a negative way. It's just that they, they don't know, or they haven't taken the steps or they haven't done the depth of study. And so what it allows me to do is rather than seeing that disagreement or that pushback as some sort of all out attack or offense against the, my personal self or what I've said or done, um, I can see it for what it is. And that is, oh, they're just, they're, they're not, they're not there yet. And so they're working through or wrestling, they're, they're wrestling with that. And so they've got some things to do. They've got to process. And when I can come to a, to a disagreement uh, from a healthy place, uh, it actually gives me this, this sense of, uh, it, it, when I come to a disagreement through dying of the self and through wisdom, what it allows me to do is to see it for what it is. And then what I've realized is I, I never, I, I don't have to, and I'm not going to, argue about their particular stance i can hear it and go oh that's yeah that is one thing to think about have you considered this right i'm not going to push back and say you're right you're wrong this this there's only one way to understand this people have been doing this for a really long time so we're going to let that be what it is yeah that's that's a great thought why don't you keep working through that right that's the difference between dying to the self and allowing the wisdom to show forth and then versus uh, feeling like I have to defend or prove thoughts and ideas about a particular passage, whatever, you know, th that, that's the really interesting thing I think about all this is, and, and maybe I mentioned this before, but um, there was a, I, I was listening to something and that the lady, have I mentioned this? It doesn't matter. Um, the lady had mentioned about having, there was a, a woman, famous woman who had had a baby and she was talking about how, uh, the baby wasn't old enough to, uh, hear her threats. <laughs> like in a joking way, right? Like if the baby's crying, the baby doesn't understand your threats. Like <laughs> you'd better stop or else stop crying. Even, even with little kids, like, uh, after raising three kids, I've noticed uh, they they don't get it. They don't. The kids aren't in tune with mom and dad's frustration. They they don't really care at an early age, and so to to threaten, uh, you're not gonna, <laughs> no no tummy time for you, right? Like it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make sense you, because and and one of the uh, people that was talking they they said this line that I thought was so fascinating. He said, uh, you know, you can't argue with someone who doesn't speak the same language. And that, that's kind of stuck with me. You can't argue with somebody who doesn't speak the same language. So you apply this to a child. You apply this to literally somebody who speaks a different language. Granted, if you're, if you're talking with an adult who doesn't speak the same language, you can accentuate certain thoughts and ideas 
or uh, not accentuate. You can express certain thoughts and ideas through your body language. But at the end of the day, you can only go so far when you're not speaking the same language. So that frustration can only build to a certain point. It can only go to a certain place. And then you just have to like, you, you have to move on. You may carry that frustration with you, but that, that conversation can only move so far because you're literally not able to communicate. So when they were applying this thought to the, to the mom and the baby, she, it was like, they, they don't, they don't, the, the baby doesn't operate according to our rules. They don't hear the threats. Right. So to me, this became this picture of like, oh, this is actually a picture of the, the baby actually becomes a picture of uh, somebody, for lack of a better term, who has who, who has in, who has become enlightened. Th does that make sense at all? That and obviously like, like I'm, I'm putting things on this, but. If I come to a place of, if I die to the self and able to, and, and am able to live uh, primarily from that space, if I'm able to live from a lack of ego or a lack of self, if I'm able to step into the wisdom that comes from that, what it allows me to do is to take up like the role of the baby in which I'm not commun I'm not communicating, uh, we're not talking we're not, we're not using the same language and therefore I don't have to get bogged down by the threats that you're putting on me. Yeah. I, it's, it's this like elevation of the self in such a way that I realize we're not speaking the same language. You're coming at this whole thing from a completely different perspective and therefore, uh, because I'm not going to speak that language, I refuse to speak that language, I'm not going to get bogged down into that. I'm not going to hear all of your threats as threats. I'm not going to hear your or else's as or else's. I'm going to live with a sense of peace. I'm going to live with a sense of elevated self in which uh, now I operate with a, with a new sense of freedom. Hopefully, hopefully that's all, it's all coming together. In, in my head, it, it, it works. Um, there was a, a great quote by uh, Rumi, the uh, Sufi mystic, who said, Yesterday I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. Today I'm wise, so I'm changing myself. Yesterday I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. Today I'm wise, so I'm changing myself. And I think this is the big difference, right? This is the, this is the thing to me um, that... that one of the many things I've been wrestling with through this really diving into and understanding and trying to live out this concept and idea of dying to the self. Um, oftentimes when it comes to our issues and our problems, what we want to do is work towards changing the external. We change the things that are around us or we attempt to change the things around us or we get frustrated at the things around us that are not changing. And so as you die to the self, as you move forward, as you progress in your, uh, in yourself or in your spirituality, what you realize is that you are, you cannot be responsible for others. Obviously you have responsibility to like, you know, the people you provide for and take care of. I get that. I understand that. But even within that, I, I can't ultimately change, uh, my wife 
I can't change my kids. I, I can, I can try to mod, uh, modify their behavior through punishments or consequences or rewards or whatever. I get all that. But the only way that, uh, the only way that change comes to individuals on a deeper level is through the self. And so this makes all the difference in our understanding and how we, uh, how we navigate the life that's in front of us. Um, <clears throat> I can choose to live a life in which I try to get everything outside of the self to work how I want it to work and to function how I want it to function. And if that's the case, if that's how I'm going to operate, then what you are setting yourself up for is a whole lot of frustration. You're setting yourself up for a whole lot of disappointment, for a whole lot of angst and anxiety and anger because you don't have the authority or the power to change or control the people that are around you. Which means, as I die to the self, hopefully I step into this place of wisdom, and what I come to see is that, oh, everything has to come from within. The, the true change comes from the internal. I have to, I have to change myself. And then as I change myself, it allows me to change how I respond to the things around me. It allows me to see and understand, to, to approach things from a place of wisdom. Then I become the uh, the enlightened one, and I, and I don't I don't love using that word, uh, and I don't think that's the proper way to use it, but I think it, it helps to describe what we're talking about. You become the more mature one here. You become the one that's able to step out of the direct situation to to view things from a higher level, in which you see that the thing that they're getting upset about or whatever usually isn't uh, isn't about you, it's about them. And when I understand it's about them and not me, it allows me to respond and react in a way that might be more loving and more helpful to both of us. Yeah, there's there's just all kinds of stuff here. And so when if if I refuse to do this, if if I stoop to the level of the fool, if I allow for others to dictate or determine uh, my responses, if I uh, allow for toxic people or things or relationships in my life, if I allow uh, for others to manipulate or um, uh, put their weight and negativity on me, then oh, I just lost my train of thought. Dang it, Seth. See, right now would be a good time. I wish I could rewind and re-listen to the thought and just pick up on it. Yeah, I lost it. It went away. Shoot. Should we pause it? Or should we just keep going? <laughs> we just keep going. We just keep going. That's another lesson for life. You just keep going. So I guess, let's see if we can pick back up this some sort of train of thought. When I come to a place... Uh, when I am able to die to the self and I'm able to find a bit of wisdom, it allows me to view external situations from a higher level. And when I can view things from a higher level, it allows me to live a, a life, a, a life of peace and a life of love and a, and a life in which I do not depend on and I do not allow for the external to determine my sense of joy, my sense of peace, and the experience that I will have in this life. Because if I do, if I do allow these things 
to uh, shape and if I allow them to uh, form and I allow them to guide and I allow them to be the driving things that I'm responding to in my life, what you essentially end up doing is swatting at a lot of flies that you miss and then end up hitting the self. (laughs) I, I think we brought that around. Did we bring that back around? I think that wasn't too bad. That wasn't terrible, right? That when we think uh, we're going after something or someone, when we think we're trying to affect someone or someone, uh, what we end up doing is just smacking ourselves. It's like swatting a fly. Yeah, most of the time we miss. And then the pain or the hurt or the thing that we inflict is actually more on us than it is on them. And so maybe the better route, maybe the better approach would be simply to like, just to shoo it, to shoo fly. Shoo fly don't bother me. Shoo fly don't bother me. Because again, in the big picture, they're just an annoying little fly. And so why would I want to to intentionally bash or swat the self and cause pain into the self when I could just shoo them away? Yeah, I can't control them. I can't control what it does, but I can control the self. I don't have to argue and get into fights. I don't have to tolerate toxic behavior. I don't have to do any of these things. I don't I also don't have to take the burden of attempting to change them. The way that I learned to live with the fly, the way that I learned to live uh, with some of it is one by like s- establishing boundaries, right? Put up a put up a screen porch. Keep <laughs> try to keep the flies out. Uh, but if they get in, uh, I, I work on myself. I work on uh, dying to the self so that I can live from a place of wisdom, so that I don't get sucked down into their level, so that I can live step into a freer, uh, more full, more integrated way of being. Yeah, it's like swatting a fly. It's like swatting a fly. You end up hurting yourself more than you end up uh, actually affecting anything else. So I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going to live above that. I'm going to. I'm, I'm not going to get into those arguments. Uh, why? Why? The only thing that's causing me to want to argue is this some sense of self that I have to defend or protect something. I don't need to do that. I don't need to do that. I can let that go. How? How? How they feel about a particular issue usually doesn't have an effect on me. Yeah, that's that's on them. I don't I don't have to do that, and I'm not going to. I want to I want to I want to die to the self, and live from a place of wisdom, that comes beyond the self. Yeah, that's that's where life will be found. That's where the fullness of life will be found. That's where the freedom will be found. And I and I want to step into a greater sense of freedom. Now, granted. It's always a lot easier said than done. <laughs> so maybe we all need to pray for each other or something. There you go. All right, episode number something. Uh, it's like swatting a fly. This has been the Sneaky Emu. Mom, thanks for listening. Uh, I'm sending you guys all the love in your general direction. Hopefully something in here in all of this conversation helped helped you to see things new. will help you to die to the self. will help you to see that you don't you don't have to control or determine other people's uh, existence. That's not up to you. You work on the self. 
that's where the wisdom is found. All right. God bless, and we will talk to you later. Bye.